Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? So good. Yeah? Yeah. Sunday afternoon. It's like... Uh, it's evening, man. Well, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday evening. I mean, it feels more evening because of the darkness, but it's 830. So yeah, that's, e- that's evening. That's early evening. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, it, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Today is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. For you guys. It's not for us. It's not. <laughs> but we're right around the corner. Yeah. We're really close. We're surprising. Like tomorrow I have to go grocery shopping for Thanksgiving. I was like starting to build out a grocery list and meal planning for the week. And I was like, what the? F- when did this happen? Yeah, it happens. And it's later than normal too, right? It's like... Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's a late Thanksgiving. Oh, I guess it is usually like three days earlier. It's usually around the 25th, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's it. That's it. <coughs> oh my gosh. I just have a little bit of a hanging on cough. Just just can't quite can't quite break that end of the cold. You, you know, I tried to twist this off. Keep that's trying. It's going to go and it's not going to work. Keep trying. We're, we're drinking some... Uh, Pelican Brewing, Bad Santa. And for those of you not familiar, Pelican Brewing is out of uh, Tillamook, Oregon. Astoria, Oregon. Astoria. No, it's not. It says right here on the bottle. Tillamook. I thought I was thinking Pacific City, um, because Pelican has a brew pub in Pacific City. But here on the bottle, Tillamook, Oregon. Um, Interesting, because I've been to a brew pub in, in Astoria. They've got them all up and down the coast. Um, <laughs> I was unaware that they were based out of Tillamook. I, I always associate them with Pacific City. But this is a Cascadian dark ale, and it is just lovely. It's one of their it's their winter special, obviously mm. being called Bad Santa. And I dig I dig Cascadian dark ales. Totally delightful. It's a black IPA for those of you who are unfamiliar. So you get all the IPA notes, you get some coffee, you get some chocolate, some of those dark notes that you want out of a dark beer. Toasty, toasty yeah. notes. Yeah, some nice toasty cocoa, malty notes. Yeah. I've made a couple of these and they're well, not this exact beer, but I've made a couple Cascade Dark Hills and they always turn out so good. They always turn out a little chocolatier than I want though. Do you toast your, uh, your no, bill I when you them, do it? I get them toasted. Yeah. That'd be fun to do it, to do it yourself. It's actually probably not fun at all. It doesn't sound fun. And it uh, doesn't add anything to your process. And but. The, the wife hates the smell of every single ingredient in beer brewing. Grain, hops, yeast, all of it, she hates it. So You got to do it like in your garage. That's where I gross my coffee is in the garage. I don't have a garage. Oh, yeah. I used to do it on the back porch uh, when we <clears> were living in Tejas, but... She would like lock the back door so no scent could in, get in because the deadbolt <laughs> would somehow keep less, keep more scent out. But it just keeps you out, and you're the you're the <coughs> one with the scent. Yeah, evidently. So, um, yeah, I don't toast my own. I've never never done anything that crazy. Just build out the grain bill and the hops profile and brew away. We should do like a a big vanilla coffee porter. I would. I'd be. Porters in, are your favorite kind of beer. I'd be inclined to do that if if that sounded like a tasty beer to me. That's porters and stouts are just two beers that <clears throat> like two styles of beer that I can't get on board with. They're typically too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want the sweetness when I'm drinking a beer. Uh, I've come across a few that I like. Uh, I do like a lot of them on nitro, but you don't find beers on nitro very often. But there's one from a company called Belching Beaver. And it's a peanut butter porter. Yeah. And when that is on nitro, I'll finish the keg. You, you know, Boulder Brewing Company has a chocolate shake 
that's oh, got yeah, peanut yeah, butter yeah. notes, boulder, boulder shake, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's the same thing. When you mm-hmm. get it on nitro, it's like a fucking milkshake. It's so delicious. I, I like IPAs on nitro. I mean, nitro just makes beer better. I think universally, yes, they make beer better. But most porters and stouts, they don't do it for me. I'll do like a like a spicy chocolate stout, uh, kind of like Mexican hot chocolate. But uh, yeah, most of them they don't do it for me. Too much sweetness. By and large, not your not, not your my thing. not my jam. Nope. And it's totally my thing. Yeah, yeah, it's probably my favorite type of beer. I'm having a little makes sense. What's happening over well, there? Oh, you know, just there's some chords that are not where they're supposed to be, and. Everything is fixed. All right. Everything is fixed. Well, uh, very nice to talk to you again. We got a few comments about last week's episode, the the episode about nothing and everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's relatively accurate. You know, we had a topic that I think after sort of review, neither one of us was super pumped about. And then we just had other things that watch news and other things that just sort mm-hmm. of took over. And that was totally fine. But this week, we're going to have to focus a little bit. Yeah, we are. We're going to have to stay on topic. And I think I think next week we're gonna have to really we're focus, really buckle down. We might have to do a, a volume, <laughs> and that's because we are talking about watches. Yeah, specifically the watches that we own. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the phrase? I think you did collection check, collection check. Yeah, so or status I, check or something along those lines. I got a suggestion from one of. Our old school friends of the show, <laughs> someone who's been around from I, I don't know, or um, early on, if not if not episode one, uh, super early on. But the, well, there was no one for episode one. That was a, there was no one there. Maybe two. Maybe <laughs> mom. Yeah. Oh, mom. Uh, so he says collection inspection. Maybe you should oh. do a couple of collection inspection type episodes. Oh, so first I didn't say his name. Uh, Instagram user i dot courtman. Oh, yeah. I, Doc Cortman. Uh, like I said, someone who's just been around from the beginning, always is super positive uh, to us, which is really nice. Because um, uh, we need that. We have very delicate egos. We're both very fragile, special snowflakes. Yeah. Yeah, no, especially me. Mostly you. Mostly me, yeah. But well. I was willing to bear the burden with you. <laughs> he says, maybe you should do a couple collection inspection type episodes. I think that'd be cool to hear why you own what you do and what place it fills in your collection and, and watch wearing life. Uh, and I said, yeah, dude, we'll do it. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, that, that's, that's going to be good. So he says, um, honestly have no idea what he even owns. And he's talking about you. Yeah. Just uh, a bunch of weird digitals, right? Beyond a Bambino, I think, and countless weird digitals, LOL. And I said, LOL, that's his collection. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> this is going to be a really short episode. But hopefully you have a lot of other things queued up because as it stands, he's nailed it. I have about 74 Casio F91Ws. Yes. Uh, three world timers, all same color, of course, because, you know, I want to keep them fresh. It's like like you have multiple white t-shirts to wear under your dress shirts if you have to go all the way buttoned. And a Timex Iron Man. And a Timex Iron Man. What else, what else could a person need? I'm, the reason I'm here is basically just to get you how to sell or tell you how to spend your money. Yeah. No, yeah. and I appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah. I genuinely appreciate that. I mean, you should. Everyone so, needs help. <laughs> so this is episode then one of two of our collection inspections. This is the collection inspection of Andrew, one yeah. half of the cheese company, Andrew and Everett. Yeah. I bet y'all didn't know that, that we are also cheese entrepreneurs. We are. Cheese and watches. We make a fine grocery store Moonster cheese. Moonster, huh? 
I mean, how do you say? How would you M- say? I've that? always heard it said Munster. Munster. Yeah, like Herman. I like, I like Munster though. Well, I'm the verbal Herman Munster, J five. Do they only make Munster or Munster? No, Munster? no. You know, I I looked them up. They make a line of um, they they look like pretty nondescript grocery store deli cheeses. Grocery store deli cheeses. That's Do they make I a pepper jack? Them. Um, perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. I did not get deep into the catalog. Mm. I wonder if they do that kind of like weird tier above like your cheddar varietals. I mean, if they're doing Munster or Munster, you guys can write in and tell me that I'm saying this word wrong because I do. Munster! Uh, but I wonder if they're doing that varietal. I wonder if they're doing like like Havarti and like that kind of sure. layer level sure. of cheese that people are like, oh, that sounds exotic it it looked to me it looked to me like they were the types of cheese that you'd find at safeway not in the uh not in the cheese aisle you know you you can go oh you're gonna get in the deli section you're gonna get in the deli section so it's gonna be in a piece of plastic it's not gonna be particularly good cheese but it's gonna be a a step up in between Mm -hmm. that and the stuff that go into like a delicatessen that's right it's it's not gonna be as good as something you're gonna get your corner meat market um (laughs) (laughs) so we are talking about watches and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of them we've talked about this delicious (coughs) bad santa cascadian dark ale which i i I just downed about three-fourths of this bottle in about seven seconds and these are seven and a quarter i'm in hyph i'm gonna be able to drink this thing you're gonna get loving tonight (laughs) that's what happens if you guys ever know that i get sometimes i get like overly affectionate either with andrew or with a guest it's because i'm just fucking three sheets to the wind. <laughs> it's happened a couple times where I'm like, man, I'm drunk. You've <laughs> muted yourself. I'm like, I'm drunk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're in my lap. That's the, that's the giveaway for me. So, all right, man, let's let's light it up. We'll dive right in. All right, watch um, number one, Andrew. So these are... I, go. Go. These are going to be in no particular order. Uh, so what I did is I wrote them down. I, I went to my little... So I have like a... It's like a, a drawer that was once in a jewelry box of sorts, or maybe it's like a little drawer designed to organize jewelry boxes. I have no idea how I came by it, but I have it. So I just went and I stood in front of it and I wrote down the watches that are there and then subsequently scored them on our rubric. You, you, you got a drawer? No, it's just, a, it's a, it's a drawer that sits in like a little cabinet that I have. That your, that your wife, like she allows me to use the space. Volunteered yeah. to the cause. Well, I think she likes it there because she has uh, visibility on it, so she, so things can't sneak in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how much attention she pays to it, but um, I think she likes to have be able to see it and say, "Okay, you're 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 doing something wrong. There's too many there. Figure <laughs> your life out." <laughs> so you don't have scores for some of these. Uh, no, I have total scores for the top two, which are the Mako and the SSB, because I scored them earlier when I was talking when we were talking about uh, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I scored them earlier. <clears throat> First up, we got the uh, the Orient Mako, and you guys have heard about this watch. We everyone knows this watch. This is a watch that we've talked about uh, probably every episode, and, and if we haven't, it's it, it's going to be in the exception rather than the rule. Uh, and the way that I see, this is my kind of, um, I think this is my most versatile watch that I own. Uh, cause I, it is as close as we, as, as I have to a skin diver. Cause it's coming in at 
41 millimeters. Mm-hmm. It's highly polished. It's got everything about it's just very refined looking. It's really very close. I mean, if you put a sterile bezel on it, I think it would fit very nicely as a dress sport. Mm-hmm. But with that dive bezel on it, what we're working with is a skin diver, but just a touch too big. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. For a skin diver, in, yeah, the, in yeah. the traditional sense. Like I said, it's 41 millimeters. It doesn't wear big. The, the the lines on it have it hug really nicely to your wrist. The bracelet it comes on is perfectly acceptable. There's nothing special about it, but it's a perfectly acceptable bracelet. And I actually have had it on the uh, Barton Silicone Elite mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. at this point. Because you don't love that bracelet. <laughs> The bracelet's pretty okay, but I don't I don't particularly like bracelets. Uh, and I guess I swell a lot during the day. My my wrist size fluctuates a lot, so it's nice to be able to just go in and make you know notch adjustments mm-hmm. in a strap or a bracelet or a strap or a or a yeah in a strap or a what are you what are you showing me durability oh yeah yeah debility debility yeah yeah no i get that so it's um, nice to be able to go in and make those little bit of adjustments throughout the day you're locked in yeah yeah, yeah. You're and i don't i'm not going to carry a tool to make the micro adjustments or an extra link or something like that so uh, i tend towards that and i think i have yeah i have it on the barton silicone elite it comes on and off of nato pretty regularly the bracelet rarely goes back on but this watch fits that go anywhere do almost anything role within my collection and it was also my I think my, uh, and it was pretty early on in my watch collection where it where it came, and that I was right at that threshold. Like, do I go SKX? Do I go Mako? And the reason I I tend I turned Mako was because you already had an SKX. I knew what I liked about it, and I was willing to take the risk on on what the Mako had to offer. And and I I like the Mako more. I think it's a little more versatile watch. I know it doesn't quite have the legacy or the the storied tradition around it that the SKX does and the SKX is still a void that I want to fill in my collection. Sure. But uh, as it stands, this is a watch that I, when it comes to an SKX Mako decision, I'm, I'm one who tends Mako. Other people can tend SKX, but they fit a really similar place. I just think this has just a touch more versatility. Uh, And it scored for me on our, uh, on our highly scientific scale Right. You have my notes. I do have your notes. Here, I'll give them back to you. I, I was going to fill in some scores for myself on some of your uh, watches. So I scored a 60 and you scored it a or I scored a 61 and you gave it a 60. Yeah, and yeah. that that's typical for us. Mm-hmm. I, I score a little bit lower than you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you, you know, max... Uh, max water resistance score. It, it's gonna it's gonna lose a, a couple on size. Just it loses a little bit of point. Uh, yeah, a little bit of the size. It loses some endurability just because I'm. Even though I don't think it actually does, but because it's got such that high that high polish, refined feel, I'm hesitant to really put it through the ringer and compromise that because then yeah. it's gonna lose one of the really key characteristics of that watch. Sure, sure. The loom uh, is solid on it. It's not Seiko loom, but it's really damn close. You know, um, I suspect I gave this thing a higher strap slash bracelet score than you did, uh, mm-hmm. although your score for that isn't filled in. I gave this thing a seven. I think that I bracelet think does really well. I think I'm right at a seven. And, and you know, with these newer, um, with these newer, either the Mako USA or uh, what's the new iteration? It's not the Cano. It's the... Um, oh, it's got a crazy name. Anyway, that they dropped a whole line of divers that I really liked. There's the Kano, and then there's the one that looks very, very similar to Kanto, the Kanto, Ma- maybe? What is it? Kanto? No. Kanto? No. It'll come to us. It'll come to us. But there's the new Orient that is 
clearly uh, the next iteration of the Orient Mako uh, slash Ray line. And, uh, you know, when you look at those things, you can just tell it's going to have solid end links. It's going to have Sapphire. It's going to have a little bit better movement. Um, I I think that truly, 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 that is the sort of premier entry-level diver right now. So, yeah, I I mean, what a great watch to have in your collection. I I think you were pretty deliberate about this. Kamasu. Kamasu, that's right. Uh, I think you were pretty deliberate about this versus the SKX when you bought it. Yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't a like coin toss. It was a. It was a very thought out. Dis- I mean, you know, the way I make choices, the same way you make choices. Yeah, it, that was that was exactly this. Yeah, and, and you know what? I I can remember text messaging people. Um, There's a couple friends I had that I sort of trusted their taste on those types of things about the SKX Mako, and I and I went the other direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it may be something about uh, it, it's sort of indicative of our personalities, right? There's Maybe, some, yeah. it, something indicative about that, uh, that we went the, that opposite direction. And I think there's going to be a four or five year group of watch people long term. Oh, who are SKX Mako people? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, that's a that's something that's going away now, right? Because the Obviously. SKX is is sort of the way of the Dodo, or at least that iteration of it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 5KX <clears throat> is cool though. It is cool, but it's not, it's doesn't, it doesn't, it's not in the conversation, right? No, no. For no. that entry level diver. So, well, with, with that, I guess we move on. Mako is a fucking cool watch. <coughs> I love it that that's the cornerstone of your collection. I, I think it is. And it, it's probably the watch that, so this next watch is a coin toss timeshare and getting most wrist time. And the next watch up is the Seiko SSB 031. Uh, Another watch we've talked about a lot on here. Um, and this scored for me a 62, I think. Yeah, so a 62 on this. Uh, it kills it in size, kills it in water resistance. The The durability is nice because it doesn't have that same, the, the quite the level of refinement that you're going to get out of the Mako. So this isn't quite a go anywhere, do anything. But once you put it on that bracelet, it is a perfect watch to go most places. I, I don't feel uncomfortable wearing it under a dress shirt, like jeans in a blazer kind of environment. This doesn't stand out. Uh, if you want it to be something that people notice, I would maybe go a little bit different route. You know, But the nice thing about this is it's pretty damn close to a strap monster. It looks great on nylon. And I have it on, I think, the last strap it'll ever be on, the EA8 Leather Rally. That is, this watch was designed to be worn on a rally strap. I absolutely love this watch, and it's Mecha Quartz. I think everyone should have, once you start kind of amassing watches and, and kind of developing a collection, for lack of a better word, because I'm not curating it, but I'm, but once you have a selection of watches, I think everyone needs to have a chronograph. And I think a racing chronograph or a pilot's chronograph, I don't know if that's a really important distinction to make. Uh, when it comes down to it, you should probably have both, because America, but... This is a really great option, and it's so affordable. It's 140 bucks. The Mako rings in at what 180. Yeah, right there. Yeah, two 200 ish. Yeah, 200 ish. But uh, th- this is a far more affordable watch. Still has the versatility, the durability that you want. You're not going to be able to take it as many places in the way of uh, in the way of dress functionality. But I absolutely love this watch. It's sized perfectly. It's comfortable. It it's a little chunky. 
the thickness is just a, is mm-hmm. just a little more than I than I would like. But being a mecha quartz movement, I completely understand why, and I can forgive some some sizing uh, variables when it comes to chronographs because there's more happening in that watch than other watches. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Amazon says this is eleven millimeters thick. There's no way that's true. No, I think it's thirteen height. It, it's thirteen. It's thirteen. Uh, it might plus. even be fourteen. And, and you know, it, it's slab sided, right? So yeah. thirteen actually isn't a particularly uh, crazy number, but because of those really yeah. upright slab sides, mm-hmm. it, it winds up looking. But it wears really nice. It doesn't wear overly prominent. It wears great. And yeah. if they if they didn't slab side this and they tried to contour it out to mm-hmm. a to a more traditional case shape that wasn't slab sided, you'd have gained four millimeters yeah you know there's there's just not because because the dial and the bezel Mm -hmm. extends out so far there's just not a lot of extra room to to contour it um and that ionized bezel yeah that bezel is just my favorite every time i was one of the selling points to me every time i look at it i just think that is so stinking cool it's got that sort of ceramic-y uh gloss to it It, it's really it's really fantastic You, you know we've probably probably talked about this watch more than any other single watch potentially on, yeah. on the show uh, and i think because we're just such huge fans of it i, I think it's uh in part because that size is exactly what we're looking for in a sport watch mm-hmm. that 40 millimeter lugs or 40 millimeter case width 20 millimeter lugs um but yeah it, it is really just one of the neatest watches I think that you can get for a song, right? Oh, for for next to nothing. This is such an affordable watch, and it's, I mean, it it's cooler than Eco Drive to me. And I think Eco Drive is a super cool movement. It's a really attractive watch. It's a really usable watch. It's a really readable watch, and it's sexy. It's got the tax scale on that cool bezel. I mean, this is this is a watch or this style of watch. I think everyone should have a racing chronograph, like I said. But this is a watch that. If if you're looking to dump into like spend less than 150 bucks on a cool watch, I th- this is my first recommendation. Yeah, you know I think if you've already got sort of your entry level auto because that's always going to be I, I think mm-hmm. that there's something about an entry level automatic for most collectors that's going to uh, set off that interest in mm-hmm. what watches are and why they're cool. Um, but if for someone who's already got an entry level auto and they're like, you know, I want something a little bit, a, a little bit bigger, perhaps, because a lot of these entry level autos are pretty small or, um, a little bit more versatile or maybe a little bit more gadgety. Um, yeah, this, this is it. I, I think they're just great. And it's gadgety without looking overly. So it looks like a chronograph. Yeah. Cr- chronographs are, are innately, mm-hmm. are inherently gadgety. Yeah. So, you know, comparing that to my first chronograph which was the ed 63 which i've got right here you you know they couldn't be more different less similar yeah Yeah, is what i was thinking um you you know where the the ed 63 seconds as a dress watch for me Mm -hmm. um the ssb has just a really sort of it's felt it's not a uh it's not an in-your-face tool watch um but it's definitely more futuristic it's very much like the speedy i mean we we Mm -hmm. all know and and mostly love the speedy it's not a dress watch not by a long shot but with the right personality you can pull it off yeah and i wear that thing with everything i wear it with suits yeah on on the regular because it's it's shiny and it's got some uh but you know this would do the same thing Mm -hmm. the ssb would do the same thing so 
Uh, scores, you it, this one came in at 62. <coughs> uh, for me, it was a 56. It's a little bit lower. I don't know where those differences are coming because I can't see your scores, but um, th- that 56 I, I don't think is indicative of any sort of dislike because I love that watch. No, but it's our highly scientific objective rubric on scoring. Right. <laughs> let's let's move on to the next watch. What do we got? What if what did we pull up next? So the next is the recraft. So the oh, SNK yeah, 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 yeah. P27. This is so this is the only watch that I have acquired this year and I got it by way of a birthday gift. And this is a watch that I absolutely love, but the only issue I have with it is that it's a business casual watch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit in really any other environment. It's not a dress watch. It can't quite be a dress watch. It's not a very sporty watch. It doesn't have any loom. So it's a purely business casual wearing watch, totally. which is fine because I spend a, a good amount of time in my life in a pretty close to business casual or so or or kind of on the cusp of, of business casual. Uh, yeah. So this watch gets a lot of wrist time. The hooded lugs are a bit of a pain um, because it has a 22 millimeter strap, which is, I think, a little too big, but I don't know how they could go smaller with this rectangular case shape. Yeah. They just like, I just don't know how they could. So it's hard to find a decent leather strap because the strap that it came on was eh, just okay. Just okay. Like, yep. like maybe, maybe a slip, a step below just okay. Everything else about this watch is great. I mean, it's the it's the SNK movement that we all know and love. It's a very attractive watch. It's polished and, right. And by it's SNK brushed. movement, you mean the 7S26. Yeah, the 7S26. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got the same exhibition case back. I mean, it's got everything we know and love about the SNK, different case shape, a little bit more refined, a little bit more stylized, very 70s watch feel the green and gold is such a great color combination and this fits this is kind of my uh like put on a collared shirt maybe a blazer going to dinner um like just a kind of just slightly not quite a dress watch occasion but not gonna wear the mako not gonna wear a sport watch this fits that. And and where, with the amount of watches that I have, I can afford the space to have a very singular use watch. A true tweener watch. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. This is a tweener watch. I, I love it. And it's also really affordable. This is on the Seiko website's 275. Nah. I think they're on Amazon for a buck eighty. Yeah, you can get them for under Maybe 200. even less. Yeah. You, you know, I think my favorite... So <laughs> I, I've got some favorite things about this and some, and some things that I don't like mm-hmm. about it. Uh, you, you know, besides the fact that it's a tweener watch, and that is going to always sort of rub me wrong a little bit. Tweener watches, I think, are, are really hard to pull off well. Seiko's done a good job. I love the dial on this thing. It's so good. It's got a fantastic dial. You, you know, I think if this watch was just a touch smaller. Yeah, because it rings in at thir- or 40, I think. I think if this watch was a touch smaller and a touch thinner, it would be a knockout of the park. But as it is, it's a touch too big. It's a little bit slabby on the sides. It's very, very slabby. There's just a slight contour coming down to it. It's a touch thick. I like the case shape, but I think you're right. I think it's. I think it could scale down just a little bit. So in, in terms of, um, in terms of where this fits in your collection you well so let's say you've got this says you've got it scored at 37.5 yeah 
because it has 30 meters of water resistance. Yep. It lost points in size. It has no loom. The strap is meh. It, the durability is is very low. And zero loom. Yeah. The aesthetics are great. I, yeah. I love this. The, when it the came, way it looks. I got it at 35. Interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it more than that. But yeah, I, I mean, in terms of what we look for in watches, I think that this one struggles in, in terms of our objective, quote unquote, objective metrics. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I mean, this this watch gets a fair amount of wrist time. I wore it for family pictures this year because I was, I was like, oh, that's a that's going to be perfect for perfect. what I'm wearing today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But that's that's the thing is it's for not dress, but not sport. It's right. that it's that in between zone where you where n- this watch has has one one environment to live in. Next up, similar to what's up next for me is the SNK eight oh three. And what did this? What did I score this watch at? You have this one at a forty eight. Okay, because uh, it's got a little bit. What, I don't know. Oh, because it's got loom. So this watch fit. Everyone knows where the SNK fits in their collection. Yeah. I don't know if there's a whole lot, whole lot to say about this. This is, I, I have it on a gray RAF pass through mm-hmm. and it is it sometimes come off that. Sometimes I'll put it on brown leather when I want to go to just, just step it up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this for, isn't a dress watch. It's not really a sport watch cause it's just a little bit too small, mm-hmm. but this is a, an appropriate most of the time watch. Yeah. Uh, it's got the water resistance to, you know, be able to do some things in, but you're not going to wear it into the water. You're not going to be doing real active things in it. This is just a going to the movies watch. Right, right, yeah. But it is such a great entry auto. And it's on Amazon right now. I think they're at 70, what's 71? Is 71 the price right bucks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually think that this watch, I think that the fact that you have it with the cream dial uh, takes away from its versatility, which mm-hmm. is counterintuitive. You, you know, no, hundred percent. And I, I agree. I think I should have gone black dial. My, my SNK obviously at this point has been uh, totally modified from its original form. You know, Rank and K. It, that's right. I've got Rank and sk- the domed, uh, which looks so dope on it. The domed um, AR coated crystal. I've polished the case, or I've, I've brushed the case, polished the bezel. So. I, I think it's it's unfair to compare those two watches, but I do think that this watch, even in the cream dial, is more than just a going to the movies watch. I mean, I think that it's it's got its roots in being out and about, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's mechanical. It, it's got uh, you know, in spite of the the internet proclamation that the seven S two six is robust, quote unquote robust. Um, it's certainly not a, a fragile movement, but it does a job. I yeah. don't bang it. Up. I don't bang it on things, though. I don't throw it at people. That's right. I, I mean, I don't think that this is a particularly robust watch. But with that said, it, it is made to sort of be out and about. It's made to play with. Um, it, it's it's really a tool watch. Certainly designed to be a tool watch. I do wish it had a little bit more water resistance uh, because I I'd like to be able to wear it in the shower without thinking about it. I'd like to be able to wear it fishing. It's a perfect fishing watch. I think you could wear this thing fishing. I get in the water a lot. I got fall down and it's a whole thing. And I bet you would I bet you would never have a problem fishing with this thing. I bet you could fish in this thing for 20 years and it would run just fine the whole entire time. I'm hesitant to, and I'm I won't because I have better watches for that. But I mean, I, I just would like this this watch to be a little bit more beefed up. But this is this is a watch that I feel like once you start gathering watches you sort of have to have because it sure. plays such a cornerstone role in 
in kind of watch interest and in this hobby. And I feel like this is a watch that everyone should have at least for a while. Maybe you don't hang on to it. Maybe you pass it on. Maybe this is the watch that you give to your kid when they get into like, when they start high school and they want to start wearing a watch that it's inexpensive, it's attractive, it's it's kind of a cool watch. They're going to feel like it's special, so they're going to take care of it. And if it breaks, it fucking breaks. You, you know, I think it's a great watch. I think it's a great watch to give to a kid, you know, depending on how old they are. Um, it, in part, just because of the size. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 38 millimeters, I mean. But also your investment, right? Your investment yeah. on that thing, because a kid's going to break their first watch. They are just going to break their first watch. They're going to break it. They're in gonna, a violent way. Like or maybe with a hammer. Or, or in a completely uh, mysterious way, they're just going to lose it. They're going to leave it somewhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I think that this is a great gift watch. Um, it's cool. You, you know, I'm curious because I know that there are people who have never owned one. And I'm always curious, how, how did that happen? You, you know, unless you didn't start collecting watches until a time when you had a lot more money than than guys like you and I did mm-hmm. when we started collecting watches. How is it how is it that it occurred that you got into collecting watches and never owned an SNK? Now I can totally understand if you say, oh well I had one and I got rid of it. Um because if my SNK wasn't as special as it is, I'm not sure that it would have a place in my collection. But it's gonna stick around because it has no resale value. Well that's the other thing, right? Right. Well, how do you get rid of it? 25 bucks on, on the Craigslist. Like, just throw it out on the curb and hope someone picks it up before you run it over. I mean... <laughs> like, you can take my cans. Yeah. And Cause... you have to take this watch. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. uh, okay. Very cool. What's next? <clears throat> I don't know. Pull up the picture. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The Orient, second generation Bambino, version one, Japanese automatic stainless steel and leather dress watch. You, you know what I think is interesting about this this one in your collection is that you and I both have a lot of, you, you and I both, it, we each have a lot of sort of cornerstone beginner mm-hmm. watch collecting watches, but they don't overlap except with the with the instance of the snk that's our only overlapping watch i think yeah with the the snk mako like crossroads no no not s not skx oh the snk oh yeah yeah snk is the only one of these sort of entry-level staple watches Mm -hmm. that we both have we you know we've really covered the gamut of first watches and that was a little bit by design because i started i started acquiring watches after you did and based some of my decisions on okay well everett already has that so i know if it comes down to it i can at least wear that watch and see if i like if that's a watch i want to buy this one i need to put on and i'm willing to spend 100 bucks right (laughs) it's crazy to to give it a try and 106.88 brand new in the box on yeah off the amazon and this is a killer watch the problem with it for me is it's too big it's uh, 41 millimeter dress watch. And I could forgive the 41 if it wasn't a domed crystal. Uh-huh. But it's a domed crystal. So everything about it is just too big. And I still wear it as a dress watch. It's a single use, single function dress watch. It can't go anywhere else. It has 80 centimeters of water resistance. It has no <laughs> 30 loom. meters. It's the same as the SNK. It has no loom. It's a super attractive dial. It is an absolutely beautiful dial super clean i could probably go without a date window on it but i being a an entry level watch i those are hard to find without yeah. a date window yeah which is weird you'd think that that would be a like an amenity like an add-on extra trim package to get a get a date window but this is what we're working with 
I love the markers on it. I love the polished hands. I love everything about the appearance of this watch. It's mm-hmm. just too big, which is, is. T- so characteristically orient. Right. <laughs> That's their thing. 21 millimeter lug. They score 99%. But the one that they miss is the one that, they, like, that, that's the clutch one. Like, the, the, the one thing to make the difference, that's the one they miss on. Yeah. They, they, can't, they can't get 100%. That being said, this is my go-to dress-only watch. This is what I wear when I'm in a suit. This is, this is my go-to. And I love this watch. So I have it in the white dial. The black dial is also super attractive. But mm-hmm. I, I like white dial for a dress watch. Um, and I don't know why i don't really have an answer for it what's your preference on a on the dial color of a dress watch yeah no i think a dress watch should be should be white uh you know should be um as i throw up finger quotes that that is my preference as well um but the fact that this is so big the fact that this is so big I think a black dial might, might shrink it a little bit, might shrink it down a little bit. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with a black dial dress watch. It doesn't wear big. It just is like, you, you don't feel like you're putting a slab on your wrist. It's just, it's bigger than I want it to be for a dress watch. Like if this came in at 38, holy fuck, I would, I'd buy right. all of them. Right. Even 39, but yeah, 38 would be a better size yeah. for this. So this is, so that's where, that's where this watch fits in my, in my collection. I, I like the movement. The rotor is a little bit loud. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what I scored on it, scored it on. It didn't score high just because the size is off. The, yeah. 35 no five is what you have this yeah. at. But that's, that should be expected. A dress watch shouldn't be scoring high on our scientific. It, that's right. A, a truly, a truly sort of dressy watch is not going to do well in, in our rubric. Well, it can't because it has no water resistance. The size right. is going to be... Well, the size will be close, but it's not going to have any loom. It's not going to have any durability. That's right. Um, That's right. No, but, you know, I, I like for, I like this watch. I, I, think it, I think that my decision not to have picked one of these up, although I've had a, a number of opportunities, is, is a good one. I know what this watch is. I've worn it enough times. Uh, I, I know that I would struggle with this in my collection. I'd want to wear it more than I do. Do you find yourself w- wanting to to wear oh, this thing? I always want to wear it. And I have it on a black suede strap, and it is so killer. I just don't have occasion to wear it. I mean, I, I work in law enforcement, so I spend most of my time in a Timex Ironman. I just don't have occasion to wear the Bambino. And it bums me out because I want to. Because even for family pictures, that it was it didn't quite rise to the level of being dressed enough to justify this watch. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's too dressy for you. It's too dressy for most of the environments that I live in. Yeah, yeah. But when I get to wear it, I'm excited about it. I actually change the date, I shake it up, get it all wound up. Like, yeah, I finally get to wear you. <laughs> well, Last time good. I interviewed for a job, you're like, "What'd you wear?" It's like my Bambino. You're like, no, no, no. What did you wear? I was like, oh, you're asking about like what I wore. <laughs> watch. That was weird. Uh, underwear. Um, no, it's a good watch, man. It's a good watch. Okay. Go my on. not wearing it is not a function of the Bambino, just to be clear. My not wearing it is just a function of not having occasion. Like I wouldn't wear a tank either. I just don't have occasion to wear dress watches. Yeah. And I get to wear them all the time. Yeah, you live in them. It's, I'm a little bit jealous of that, but also not because you have to wear them all the time. Next up, next up, party people. 
Let's go. Party time. We got the Casio or the Casino Casio Royale here. The Casio World Timer. Why don't you why don't you say those words in a different order? Because I don't like the, the way Casio Royale. <laughs> yeah. That's right. the- <laughs> I was in the casino, Casio. I got confused. Give me a break, man. I so love you, man. We've got the Casio <laughs> World Timer digital watch. And this is 25 bucks on Amazon right now. Please. Just please. Just buy one. The worst case scenario is that you just have it. Yeah. And it's such a fun watch. It's such a cool watch. The size is right. It's a digital. I don't care if you guys make fun of me for having some digital watches because I don't understand why you don't. Yeah, all the I cool Cortman, little you jerk. All the cool little quirks associated with this watch, like just the the weird gimmicks. I I dig this thing. And it comes in a whole host of variations. There's gold cases, there's silver cases, there's black, there's green. There's some with like three three worlds on the top. Like there there's just all all manner of variations. Do there's they also sell a world time with a gold case. Yeah. There's also a variation from a company uh I imagine a Chinese company and I don't remember the name who makes uh like fake ones of these. Uh-huh. And they're like $12 on Amazon. But you're only saving 10 bucks. So you might as well buy the Casio OG. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh Oh yeah. And this I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this watch. It's it's just a Kind of gimmicky. There's a red case I didn't even see. I've never seen that one before. It's just a little bit gimmicky, kind of fun. Weekend watch, jeans and a t-shirt. Want to wear something a little bit silly. I've worn it to work. You know, I think that this could be uh, a decent law enforcement watch. It's, I mean, it's too plasticky. I'm I'm concerned about like actual case crackage. Oh yeah. In in any kind of physical altercation. Sure. And the bracelet is also. I I don't feel like the bracelet would sustain any kind of uh, sure exertion because the bracelets it it looks pretty okay it's not terribly uncomfortable like it's a pretty okay bracelet but once it's sized it's sized you are going to lose you're going to destroy not lose you're going to destroy the links that you remove in order to remove them so so this is not necessarily apropos of the watch although it, it is um i'm noticing that Whoever took this Amazon picture is a real is a real American hero. He's actually a watch person, yeah. And the reason I say that, did you hear how I did a Max Headroom thing just mm-hmm. then? Yeah, uh, unintentionally. Yeah, River. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't do it again if I tried, but I, I was digital for a second there. It's okay. This thing is set to Paris time, and then T four, which digitally looks like party time. Party time. Yeah. I did not. I did not realize this. Whoever took this picture is an amazing human being, and only watch people will ever get that joke. Party, this is fantastic. I think I'm gonna fucking buy this. I think most of the pictures that we have on the Instagram, and I can't say this for sure, but I feel like most of them have the Paris T4 time on it. I think Everett's actually buying one right now. I oh, it's happening. <sighs> signing in his password's already saved that's risky nope well password was rejected well i was gonna buy it kim must have changed the password on you (laughs) she changes it every time we record she's like oh they brought a six pack we gotta you know i should i I, if i buy it i should buy it in black though huh buy it at work in black 
Oh, I thought you said at work. I was like, so you can write it off? <laughs> That's illegal. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that I don't think that works. Next watch, my friend. Okay, world time. You scored the world time of 55. A 55. And that was one of our objective disparity. I think you scored it at like a 46, 47. Yeah, that's right. And I do not love that watch as much as you do. I I love it. I think it's such a killer watch. I love it too. And I think if you have some BDE, you can wear that thing under a suit. BDE? You know what BDE is. I need you to say it. Okay. Big Dick Energy. I have that. Yeah. I don't. I have that. No, I don't. I don't actually have the first two letters, but I have the third. The energy? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I I have none of the qualifying uh, characteristics. Next watch, my man, go. And this watch is not currently in this form. No, it's sort of disassembled. This watch is mid-mod. I got to make some some adjustments to it. So so next up, we've got the uh, Komandersky uh, 811306. The Vostok. Yeah. The Vostok Komandersky. And so I got this watch because it is purely mechanical. It's a cool little Russian watch. It's costs next to nothing. They're 50 bucks. It took three and a half weeks to be shipped from, I want to say the Ukraine, but I'm hesitant to associate myself to the Ukraine right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But somewhere, somewhere in Europe, it took forever to ship. And Amazon was like, Sorry, we don't know where it is. You should have used Prime. Like, you're not wrong. Um, so anyway, it showed up. I I I like everything about this watch except for the bezel. The size is right. The water resistance could be. It leaves a little bit wanting. The it's just a uh, fun watch. It's a great weekend watch. It's a hand cranker. You have to do the Vostok dance to to change the date, which is a bummer. The strap it comes on. Like you can just break it off. Don't even worry about the spring bars. Those are cheap. Put new spring bars in it. The case is cool. Like the, the case shape is cool. I have the one with the with the red star at the 12, the tank just below it. I think it's super fun. It's got shitty loom. It's exactly what you'd expect out of a Soviet watch. But the bezel sucks and I hate it. And I am in the midst of I'm not. I'm not even making an effort. I just took it apart and I left it apart. I want to get a polished bezel for it because I think a polished bezel would look so good on that. Well, fucking do it. Well, I need to, but I just haven't. There's there's some reasons for that. So, and I'll go into that at the end of the at at the end of the collection inspection. Mm. Some old Viennas. I'm eating some old Vienna red hot riplets. What's under your fingernails? Uh, it's leather dye. Oh, okay. It's leather dye. I mm. did some leather dyeing today. Okay, so um, I, I need to circle back a little bit where the, the World Timer and this kind of fit in the same place in the collection. Like just a fun watch to wear. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're not a necessarily work watch. They're not a necessarily weekend watch. They're just a fun watch to wear. They're not so loud. I mean, we're not looking at like an orange dock. So here where people's eyes are just going to like <laughs> onto your wrist. They're subtle enough that people can just look right by it and not ever notice it. I'm going to buy an orange dock, so by the way. You should. I think. I mean. I think I'm going to do this year. I don't think I could wear one. I don't think I could wear one. But I mean, I could wear one. I would wear. I could put it on my wrist, but it's just not. Doesn't fit me. Anyway, I might do. I might do a black doxa. Keep going. Want to get a polished bezel for this because the that weird bezel. I don't know how to even describe that bezel. That's fucking just, weird. Russian. It's weird. 
it's bi-directional. There's no clicks. It just is free floating yeah, nonsense. It it doesn't serve any purpose. It it needs a polished bezel on it. Regardless, this was my first uh, pure mechanical, and I really like it. But I just I don't wear it because it's partially disassembled, and that one aesthetic issue with it keeps me from wanting to wear it places. I have worn it uh, in uniform to drills and stuff, and I think it's <laughs> I, I think it's really fun. It's such a fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, no, I've worn my amphibia to to drill quite a bit. The amphibia seems a little bit less fuck you because it's got like just a scuba diver on it, but this has the red star right. and a Russian <laughs> battle tank. Like it's a T seventy two on there. Well, I've worn both my Ed sixty three and my amphibia to drill to boards, and. I one time had a board president call me out on my amphibia and he was like, is that a Russian, a Russian military watch? I was like, it's not a military watch. It's a Russian dive watch. But we should talk afterward because the fact that you recognize it as such means that you know. That's ex- almost exactly verbatim what I said. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool watch. Yeah. Uh, this for me, you, you, you compared this to the uh, world time. I think this thing falls in between the SNK and the world time, right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because it's because it's, it's a it's an analog watch, and with a with a polished bezel, I think it would be closer to the SNK than the World Time, which is mostly just a fun watch, just wear when I'm when I'm definitely not acting in any kind of adult capacity. If it wasn't so quirky, it'd be boring. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like the SNK is a little bit boring. Yeah. If this wasn't so quirky, it would be boring. Yeah. Okay. You we scored this thing what low. 34. Yeah. <laughs> Low. But it comes, it, it's only got 30 meter, meters of water resistance. 30, 30 meters of water resistance. It's got shitty loom. It's not especially durable because I kind of fucked up the case when I was popping the bezel off. <laughs> it's um, a brass case, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember where else it scored. I mean, basically scored poorly everywhere. Right. <laughs> Which is what you'd expect. Yeah. That size is good. <coughs> That's move, 30, 30 move, millimeters. Movement's good. Uh, strap, you gave it a zero. Yeah, I got a straight zero. I mean, it has a strap. It's attached. It exists. Uh, it's five itchy. Aesthetic. It's okay. Yeah, I it's can see that. Itchy leather that shouldn't exist. It's like wool leather. Right. It's awful. <laughs> wool leather. Next up, Casio F ninety one W. I love this watch. I don't have it in this iteration that we have on the screen. I have the silver case. I have it on a black cheapest NATO strap because uh, the strap itself is like kind of a, I mean, those of you who have one know, but it's kind of a weird, it's not hard plastic, but it's really close to a hard plastic strap. Right. There's no, it's like it, the it feels same like it's material just gonna, that like crack when you, it's like the same material that five-star binders were made out of yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So that went off. The hooded lugs were a pain to put a strap on or put a, put a NATO on. But once I got that NATO on, it locks in place because it's got push-through. There are friction pins, right? Yeah, it's got push-through pins. So it's locked in place. It doesn't slide around. I wear this watch uh, a lot when I'm doing, like when I'm swinging a hammer kind of work. Uh, when I'm mowing the lawn, when I'm when I'm doing any kind of like physical work that I want to have a watch on, but that I don't want to worry about banging it in anything because it's so small, it's so light, you forget you can for easily forget you have this watch on, and it's ten dollars. 
If I <laughs> literally ten dollars. Yeah. If 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 it breaks, I don't care. If I run my hand through the table saw and I also destroy my watch, I'm not gonna worry about it. Well, because your hand is no, the hand will get fixed. That's what hospitals are for. But I'm not gonna feel bad about having having sawed through a watch. Have you ever worn this watch in uniform? Yeah. Because I feel like this watch is a bigger F U is a bigger F U than the Vostok is. I uh I went to JRTC in March mm-hmm. and one of the guys that I met there brought ten of these. Because so he wore one. He fully expected to break at least one. So he had a backup for himself. And then the other eight were for people who broke their watches or like lost it or in some like in some way or another didn't have a watch. And he was like, here you go. He was handing them out. Yeah. He brought a hundred dollars in F91s and was like, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I love. I was that. like, that's baller as fuck. That is. And that's exactly the watch. He didn't it. break his though, did he? No. No, 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 no. He marred it up a little bit. And and this, I mean, so it survived some pretty uh, unpleasant conditions. For those of you who are not familiar with the Joint Readiness Training Center, it is in Fort Polk, Louisiana. And it is the worst place on Earth. On planet Earth, it is the worst place. I mean, I think it's close. I mean, NTC and JRTC. So NTC is bad because weather is bad. JRTC is bad because weather is bad. They're different. They're 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 different bats. But the problem is with that I have with JRTC is that it's in a swamp. There are always mosquitoes that are the size of crows. They can they cocker can, spaniels. Yeah, they they can pick <laughs> cocker spaniels up and take them away. It is swampy. There are enormous snakes. There are fucking alligators there. Yeah, that's brutal. Okay, anything that can kill you exists in this environment. NTC is just 118 degrees. It's just desert, and desert sucks, but you don't have to worry about all of the other swamp critters, never mind the the humans that actually live there, because those people are, whoa. Have you ever seen the movie called Southern Comfort? No, but I'm familiar with chilled SoCo and lime. So, Southern Comfort is a military movie from the 70s. And in my mind, it is the best military movie that's ever been made. Interesting. It's very difficult to find. And look, I like a lot of military movies, right? Because most of them are pretty good. Many of them are pretty good. Many. I won't say most, but I I concur with many. This thing is not the Thin Red Line, right? It's not artistic. Uh, Although there is quite a bit of art. But what it is is it's a Louisiana National Guard infantry annual training. Yikes. And it's exact. They fucking nail it. They nail it. It's not a doc. It's like a actual, it's just a a movie about that. It's a movie and no one's ever seen it. And in my mind, it is one of the greatest war slash military movies I've ever seen in my life. So, these knuckleheads. I'm not going to give you. I'm not, I'm not going to give you too much, but I, I won't give you any more than I think you would get from a trailer. So these guys are on IT, and so they have blank rounds because they're on IT. These assholes get lost. There's a squad, and they get lost, and they find themselves at a swamp. Sounds right. Everything is everything tracks. There's a dock and a boat. 
Okay. And they say, we need to get to the other side of the swamp. Let's take this boat. And someone's like, well, you can't take the fucking boat. And they're like, well, they'll be able boat. to get it. We're not going to steal it. We're just going to take it across the river. That's stealing. So, <laughs> or across the swamp. So they get in the boat. They go across the river. At some point, they look back and there's swamp people. Ugh. Mountain slash swamp people standing at the dock looking at them. Y'all motherfuckers are going to die. <laughs> One of these guys with an M60 full of blank rounds turns around and just unloads a clip on the swamp people fucking around. And that starts the most epic domestic conflict that's ever occurred on U.S. soil, fictional or not. Have you ever seen Red Dawn? It's f- it's better than Red Dawn. Okay. It is better than Red Dawn. It's campy, right? Because it's from the 70s. Phenomenal. Okay. I'm so, intrigued. I think the F-91W is a bigger FU than a Vostok. Potentially, yeah. Because this is the Osama bin Laden watch. Yeah. You fucking terrorist. But also Barack Obama. That's true. So Also a terrorist. I mean, allegedly. <laughs> Never seen that birth certificate. <laughs> what we got up next? <laughs> All right, so we're going to round Before it Before we have to identify voter registrations online, <laughs> uh, on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Last up, the Citizen Aviator. And this was my first... The Citizen Avion. Avion. This was my first thoughtful watch purchase. That's right. And I think I scored it pretty low, 48 in height, because mm-hmm. it's huge. The loom's pretty okay. Uh, not great water resistance. Oh, no, it does have... Yeah, it's got, it does have good water resistance. So, yeah. but bottom line, it's just big. It's too big. It's too big. The strap is actually great. The The OEM strap on it is great and lasted of... It's. Can I say something? Yeah. These chips are so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mouth is burning. These are so good. These are so good. I've eaten a lot of them. I gave my mom some of them a couple weeks ago, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Like, she had an asthma attack. From the spice? Because I don't think they're that spicy. They're not. But we're kind of freaks. We're broken. She she was like, had like a legitimate asthma attack. Whoopsies. Hopefully she had a rescue (laughs) inhaler. But my kids have both eaten them, and they like them. Ooh, mine doesn't. He (laughs) is, he says, I'll like them when I'm big. Okay. So Citizen Avion. And this is a watch that I love. Yeah, me too. And you've almost pulled the trigger on this watch a couple yep. times. It's just a little bit too big, but it is such a classic pilot's watch. I could go for a screw-down crown on it. It doesn't have that, but it doesn't compromise water resistance for not having a screw-down crown, which is cool. I like that. It's got a nice 100 big, meters water resistance. Yeah, nice yep. big crown, super readable. <laughs> I'm not sure I would call it a nice big crown. It is a big crown. It's okay. And I like it. It's a big, okay. Nice and big crown. It's fucking big. It's a it's a large crown. It's not it's not the I, I think this would be really cool with a nice onion crown. Right. Well it's almost an onion crown. It I, kind of is. I want it's a little bit more a little bit more out. Just okay. easier to manipulate in gloves. Sure. More traditional, kind of IWC yeah. triangular crown. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But everything else about this watch I dig, but for the fact that it's too big. It's too it big. is killer on a Graynado, though. I love the designed lugs on this thing. Everything about this watch. The finishing is great on it. It's got a perfectly flat top. There's just a just a tiny bit of de- of of size difference between the top of the crystal and the top of the of the case because it doesn't have a bezel and it's is just this, flat. It's is just, this thing forty four? Yeah, I think if this thing is forty, it is oh. a totally 
effective, wonderful watch. Yeah. And these are right now $145. We saw them on Amazon six months ago or so for $80, and I <laughs> pitched a little bit of a fit. <laughs> What'd you pay for yours? $210? Uh, I think I paid $180. Okay. Maybe $175. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and look because it would just hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you never look at how much you paid or how much you can sell it for, just how much you like it. Yeah. You, you know, a uh, couple little details though. Like, I really like the step dial on this thing. Um, <clears throat> not quite sandwiched, but it's stepped. I really like the the date wheel that gives you three days, uh, which yeah. is a totally stupid feature. There's no need for it. I love it. I love it. I have no problems with that. In terms of f- uh, stupid uh, features, it's one of my favorites. It, it's integrated really well into the inter the inner uh, ring of that dial, and it's eco drive. It's so fucking cool. The fonts are all really good. Um, it's the, all really traditional pilot's watch. The color grade gradations are good. You know, white and sort of an uh, a fotina with red. I mean, it just works really well. Everything, everything works. You know what I haven't done with this? I haven't. The loom is also okay, but I haven't checked to see how it reads under red light. Because even though that's not important for actual application of this watch, it'd be very cool if this was a very readable watch under red light. You know, it's something we've never talked about. It is immensely important for an actual, for someone who's actually in the field. It's something that never gets talked about. People talk about loom or this or that. The most important thing, a commander or a first sergeant or just a Joe asshole. I don't know that it's quite as important for Joe asshole, right? But certainly a commander. Anyone who needs to be reading a fucking map at night, which is a lot of people, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, probably in this modern day, it's mostly ROTC cadets, people at basic training and operators are the people that are actually reading, reading maps at night. You you know, by and large line unit guys aren't reading maps at night. No, they're all using the FBCB too. (laughs) Or, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never been in the light world, heavy world. We just used blue force tracker or FBCB two or whatever platform we were using at the time. But but for for an operator who's actually doing those, dude, those dudes all had garments on their wrists, right? <laughs> okay, well, all right, never mind. It's fucking not important. But red light readability is super important, and I think you're absolutely right. It gets overlooked, and we never talked. Talk, we've never talked about it. No, this it's is the first something time. that both you and I are unique or are, are, are sort of uh, acutely aware <laughs> aware of the need for that, and we've never talked about it. Red light readability, which is weird. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, maybe we do a show on that. Last up, we have the, what's the, the Timex Endure 30 Iron Man. And this watch, I wear all the time. Every day. Most, I mean, not, I don't wear it on the weekends, but I wear the shit out of this watch. And I've been looking at, I, I'm, I'm still waffling between a Sunto and a Pro Trek for a... Do the Pro Trek. Don't be a douchebag. Do the Pro Trek. I, but I... We'll get into it. <laughs> this is the Timex Iron Man that I've talked about a dozen times. I was tired of breaking cheap and shitty sport watches and paid $50, which was like heart wrenching at the time. And I've had this watch <laughs> for eight years, nine years, maybe more. And I've put it through hell. Yeah. And I, when we pulled up the picture, I was like, oh, it looks a lot nicer when it's new. Um, Cause mine's worn like the, all, you can't, you don't have the, there's no more ink left in any of the indented, uh, or depressed 
markings on it. I just know what buttons Right, it's sort of what. stamped and painted inside yeah. those depressions, yeah. Uh, so there's no more ink left on it. It's worn. The I have to scrape like goo and dust and dead skin out of the the perforations and the case and the buttons and everything. But I think pretty normal for a sport watch. But I love this watch. I, I've had it for a long time and I have put it through the ringer. This is the only watch of this type that I've ever put the effort into changing the battery. Like I have typically just bought a new one. <laughs> and this is a watch that I will just continue to change the battery in until changing the battery doesn't work. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good watch. Uh it's and, not and, heavy. It's it everything about it is it it's just perfectly suited to an uh, cause active isn't the word I'm looking for an environment where this watch is appropriate. Yeah. You know, you know I, like, I think carefree carefree is the, is the connotation that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I, I wore this watch, a very similar watch, not this watch, a, a different iteration of this watch for about five years. Uh, and I kept breaking the, the straps on these things, uh, which was finally why I, I moved on. But, um, I would just say carefree, right? I I never, never took my watch off when I was wearing this watch. No, I never even think about what I'm doing. I I would wear it to bed. I'd wear it in the shower. I'd wear it. Um, I'd wear it with a suit. I'd wear it with. That's upsetting. Well, but you know, if I, I just didn't worry about it, yeah. right? It was just totally okay to wear for anything I was doing. I'd run with it. I'd have sex in it. I'd do all of with the it. things. <laughs> with it yeah that's right you can get those straps down really <laughs> tight uh, all of the things that you do in life i would do wearing this watch i never took it off mm-hmm. totally carefree totally carefree never worried about um what is this thing going to do to my watch is going to hurt my watch and there's a few reasons for that one is i didn't have any issue i, I didn't have any concerns that it wasn't going to have enough uh, durability, right? For the thing I was doing, it's going to be water resistant enough for anything swimming, showering. Um, it, it's going to be shock resistant enough to bang into a wall or to swing a hammer or a tennis racket or a golf club with it. Um, you know, I, for someone who doesn't want to think about a watch, mm-hmm. who wants to have the things that we want to watch for, you, you know, a telling time, what, what, what is today's date? Yeah, what's the date? I need to set a stopwatch for 30 seconds. Yes. I need to do any number of just quick things that you don't want to dig out your phone because phones have gotten big enough that it's like an actual project to remove it from your pocket, I feel like. (laughs) But this, you just go to your wrist, one button, and and one one press of any of those buttons gets you to almost right to the function you want it to do, whether it's the light, whether it's the stopwatch and start, whether it's the check another time zone. I had an iteration of this watch that I don't think they make anymore, and I don't know why they make it. I assume there was some malfunction. Mine, mine never malfunctioned. It was always perfect. But I had a, a version of this with a feature called Flix, F-L-I-X. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's when you like flip and You loom. flick your wrist, and the Indiglo would come on for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. And I ran, you, you, you know me, right? I run every day. Never miss a day, and and I've been doing that now for about 500 days. But before, I did that for about four years. Um, and so a lot of my runs are either very early in the morning mm-hmm. or very late at night. Uh, I regularly run after nine. Mm-hmm. Um, having that ability to flick it and look at the time was something that... Uh, 
I really, really valued. I don't think they do that anymore. There's some watch watches that still do that. A lot of the smart watches do that. Like Apple watches, I think if you can, if you rotate it and to look at it, the, there's the screen an angle. will light up. Yeah, there's an angle to hit. I saw Garmin smart watches do it. Um, but I'm totally okay with pushing the button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, if, and that's if I have time to check my watch, I have time to push the button. But you know, when you're running, when you're running, there's it's harder. Yeah. No, I I totally get that. There's a thing, right? You could, I could do that without even, I mean, without changing my gait, without doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. I could do it. Yeah. You know, running at night, there's a whole bunch of things that are happening, right? I I usually run with a flashlight, and so I'm holding the flashlight far enough down the road that if there's a boulder or something, I'm going to see it or a pothole. Um, you know, so right hand is flashlight, left hand is is watch. If I've got to manipulate a button, it changes everything, right? So that ability to why don't you use a headlamp? I just don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I just don't like it. So anyway, moving on. These are great watches, and for me, for about five years of my life, it was perfect because it was worry free, totally carefree. This has been a watch that I have worn thousands of days. Yeah. And I, I love it. You, you and it's know, 52 bucks on the on the Walmart website right now. 52 bucks. You you know, uh, I was thinking about a comparison the other day. Um, <clears throat> but like, I think that most watch people who are looking for this watch probably get steered toward a DW5600. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's my choice too, right? If you're looking for this watch, I'm going to gently push you towards a 5600. And I agree. Uh, I'm going to go towards a 5600. I, I think a 5600 is sexier, mm-hmm. sexier by mile. Um, I don't think it's as good a watch. I don't know. If, I think they're equals. I think, I think you're going to pay is, more for a 5600. I think that the Iron Man is an easier watch to wear than a 5600. I regularly. I regularly have trouble with the pushers on my 5600. Mm-hmm. And these uh, buttons, I've never had any malfunction, never had an issue pushing, gloves, ungloved, like latex, insulated. Super easy. Yeah. Super easy. Maybe too easy, and maybe that's the point. Um, but it just fucking works. Mm-hmm. The 5600 lacks a little something in terms of it just fucking works. Yeah. So. It's a little bit harder to get to work, but it does. It lacks the sex appeal, but what it lacks in sex appeal, it makes up for in just absolute functionality. This is a Honda Civic. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Sorry for you guys who drive a Honda Civic currently, but you're driving a Timex Ironman. That, that was the comparison, actually, was was Honda Civic versus, um, you, you know, a, any other number of cars. In Camry. Insert, insert your car yeah. here. Um, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, that's all the that, watches that, that you told me about. I think you maybe have one or two others, but... Uh, oh, I do have a Nixon floating around somewhere that I got in college when I was working, when I was tending bar and I needed to wear a watch to fuck that watch. No one to turn the lights on, tell people to go away. (laughs) So we're we're at an hour 10. Look at that. Jeez Louise. We're at an hour 10. Uh, we haven't talked about other things, but I'm not married to the idea of it. We need to. Let's do it. Okay. Other things. So we've got another, my first other thing, my only other thing for the day is a tequila that I recently became acquainted with. And I love tequilas. And some of you I know are gasping, going, oh, tequila. And it's because everyone has a bad story associated with Jose Cuervo. Because Jose (laughs) is a dick. He's mean. He punches you when you're not looking. And then while you're on the ground, sometimes he kicks you 
but he always spits on you, just to add some insult to it. Now, we talked about gin a little bit last week. Yeah. And I think tequila is a much more, well, I don't know if I, I, I feel weird saying it's much more complex, but I feel like there's a lot more nuance to all tequilas. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 first, oh, yeah. the first thing you got to say, if, if you have, if you're, if you're a taste aversion person, like if you got food poisoning from McDonald's and as a result, you can never eat a Big Mac again, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not a taste aversion person. I have gotten sick on every varietal of liquor, every varietal of beer. I've gotten food poisoning from a restaurant and returned when I was healthy. I do not have any, any of like, I don't have issues with it. I know plenty of people do. My wife has issues. Like, I don't know. I can't eat that because I got food poisoning. I threw it up once. I didn't like the way it looked in the toilet. Like, you know how many times I've thrown up chicken wings? <laughs> hundreds. I'm, I'm fully comfortable saying I've thrown up chicken wings hundreds of times in my life. And I still eat the shit out of chicken wings. She's like, well, yeah, but it was different flavors. Like, no, I, I, I know what flavor of chicken wing I've thrown up every time. Like, ah, it's just, it's worse coming up. And I love it going down. So tequilas. First and foremost, you got to go 100% agave. For those of you who are who I'm who I'm introducing tequila to, you have to go 100% agave. Because when you go Jose Cuervo, they're not 100% agave. There's a lot of fillers, there's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of things that tend towards being hungover and very unhappy the next day. Because I've ha- I've been hungover after drinking only two shots of Jose Cuervo. I was never even drunk, but I was hungover and I was wretched hungover. It was bad. So story of my life. Tequilas. Tequilas are delightful. They're very similar to whiskeys in their flavor profiles, in their complexity, in their diversity. And I was recently introduced to Siete Leguas, which is seven leagues. And that is the name of Pancho Villa's favorite horse. Seven leagues. Yeah, seven leagues. Siete Leguas. Not lenguas. So when I read it the first time, I was drinking. And I was like, seven tongues? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like holding the it bottle It sounds closer. good, though. I'm like, oh, seven leguas. I don't know what a legua is. I'm like Googling, like seven leagues. I'm like, seven leagues. I looked it up. So got to the story of it's the name of Pancho Villa's favorite horse. Now, the, the, the tequila I want to talk about today is their Añejo, and it's their seven-year age. So tequila, like whiskey, is aged in oak barrels. Sometimes they do fresh oak. Sometimes they do previously whiskey oak. I've never seen a tequila age in, like, previously used wine oak barrels, though I have seen whiskeys and ports do that. I don't think it makes a fucking bit of difference. I think it would because you're going to get some flavor profiles infused from that. You're going to get some of the floral notes, some of the fruitiness that you're going to get out the of The vegetal. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to say that word. Okay. I just read it. But in tequilas, <laughs> you're going to get all these agave notes and then you're going to start to get the oak aging. And this tequila was so good neat. A friend of mine had it. I was at his house. I was like, I've never seen that. I'm going to drink some of it. Just poured it into a cup, and he's like, you're going to have it without anything? I was like, how else am I going to know what it tastes like? And I drank it neat, and it was terrific. I tried to buy a bottle on my way over today, but liquor stores in Oregon close at 5 p.m., almost universally, at least the ones that had it in stock. There's a couple that are open until 9, but they didn't have it. I didn't want to just go buy any random tequila. So tomorrow, I'm going to go buy a bottle of this, and I will bring over a partial bottle. 
All right. next week when we record. But if you're looking for a tequila, Siete Leguas. If you are not familiar with tequilas, this is a really good option to introduce yourself to uh, a sipping tequila. Yeah. Maestro Dobel is another good option of a sipping tequila. Ka, K-A-H, is another good option for a sipping tequila. If you are if you like and are familiar with whiskeys, I would, I would urge you to give Añejo and Reposado tequilas a chance to prove themselves and earn their way onto your liquor shelf. You, you know, do a little research or, or find a liquor store that's got some salespeople that are that are well versed, right? Uh, I, I find that liquor store salespeople are the least tapped professionals. Um, well, because a lot of them don't know. A lot of them just suck. But it doesn't. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. And most most liquor stores have uh, a, a a range of employees, right? That from the employees that just work the till to the employees that that are knowledgeable about what they sell to the employees that are knowledgeable about what they sell and drink a whole fucking bucket load of liquor themselves. And that's the reason they work there. And if you if you. <coughs> Ask the question, you're gonna get to that guy because eventually they're going to relent and just give you to the guy. Yeah. The guy or gal. Or they're just gonna find you. They're like, hey, someone's asking questions. Right. <laughs> someone's curious. Ask ask an uncomfortable amount of questions because these are the people. Mm-hmm. These are the people who know about what's happening. And and they're gonna sell you the things that they have in house, right? They're not gonna sell you things that that you're gonna have to hunt for they're going to sell you the things they have in house but most liquor stores have in in terms of variety have about 500 times what a macy's counter has in terms of watches right yeah right a macy's counter you may find five watches that are worth buying seiko timex citizen boulevard and they're going to be too expensive and liquor stores everything's going to be priced right they're going to have good shit, and the people who are there are going to know the good shit. Ask, mm-hmm. ask your liquor store employee. Yeah. Ask. Ask the questions. What's fucking good? And if they, if they don't have they an know. answer for you, just reach to the top shelf. Right. Like, reach <laughs> to the highest shelf you're comfortable paying with, at least for tequilas. As yeah. long as it says 100% agave on there, buy a dark, buy an Añejo or Reposado, and give it a try. Because tequila's great. My other thing? Do me. Arthritis. You have arthritis? No, I do. Where? In my hand. God, you're old. So I've developed arthritis in my hand. Diagnosed, or are you just diagnosing yourself? Oh no, it's diagnosed. Oh, so bummer, man. That yeah, sucks. I I have I have some arthritis. Does I have Bengay arth- help? Uh, it does. It does. It it helps in the same way that um, I I don't know. It's a it's something more than a placebo effect. Uh, but less than an anti-inflammatory effect. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, you know, most topical sort of medications either deal with menthol or capsaicin mm-hmm. or something to sort of distract the nerves, uh-huh. and it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I use that. I use those those methods. Um, but the type of arthritis I have is osteoarthritis. It's not rheumatoid arthritis, which, which is turn- fortunate. Yeah, that turns out to be a good thing. Um, <clears throat> it's exacerbated by the things I do, which is, yes. <laughs> Andrew just made a, 
an extremely crude gesture. Could you believe it? <laughs> um, but it's been a total fucking pain in the ass. No kidding. And talk about it, like you're not old enough to have arthritis. I'm not. So uh, it's your I, right hand, you said? It's my right hand. So it's my bowling hand. So it's it's definitely <laughs> uh, it, it's definitely more acute since I've been bowling. So is bowling what exacerbated it to such a point that you tried to that you went and got it looked at yes so i was diagnosed with arthritis in my middle finger a few years back um and when i started bowling i started having pretty extreme pain in both my middle finger and my ring finger on my right hand and i was convinced that i had broken something but there's no swelling there's no nothing and so i went to the doctor and i was like what's going on do i am i injured do I need to stop bowling? And he's like, no, you're not injured. There's no injury. You ju- They did x-rays. They did the full meal deal, right? Um, you just have ossification related to arthritis. Arthritis sucks, man. And so I have gone through a number of things to try to treat this, right? You can use Tylenol to treat the pain. You can use NSAIDs to treat the inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither one of those things is terribly good for your stomach you or You could start liver. bowling left-handed. I could start. That's actually an option. Yeah. That's actually an option. Um, I could stop bowling. That's not an option. You're getting good. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have started, I, I, I've bought some ice finger things. Oh, it's like ice, like bags? Of- I, I've bought some finger ice packs, which actually really hurts. Yeah. Uh, it really hurts. Uh, so that's my other thing. I am going to have to figure out now, and I think not a terribly old age, right? I'm not 40. No, you're too young to have arthritis. Um, I'm going to have to figure out what to do yeah. with this thing for the rest of my life. And so uh, to the extent that, you, you know, I think when we talk about things on the show, whether it's whiskey or tequila. My or arthritis whatever, is flaring up. Give me a minute. <laughs> you know, we always get some great tips and advice. Um, you, you know, I guess I'll use this, this avenue. What, what do you guys do? Do any of you guys have arthritis? How do you deal with that? And and what's been your, what's been your experience with that? But I, I do have one other, other thing. I throw back a couple of beers and call it a day. You, you know, actually alcohol, believe it or not, alcohol is incredibly helpful. I no, I absolutely believe it. And I'm fully aware of its effectiveness. <laughs> uh, I do have one other, other thing though. Do me. Uh, so have you watched any of the PKD adaptation of Man in the High Castle? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So three seasons. It's a total of three seasons. They got canceled and they wrapped it up. And I think they did a really good job. I think that wait, they- Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking the Amazon, the Amazon film edition? Yeah. The, okay. So yeah. The, so the I watched, series. I watched the first two seasons. Mm. I did not know season three had dropped. It's dropped, and it is, I think, borderline perfect. I struggled with it, and I think I struggled with it because of the time lapses between seasons. Oh, uh, yeah, well. Season two came out three years ago. That's been something that you've struggled with, right? Yeah, get caught up in other things. You don't forget like what's happening. Yeah. I hate the way Netflix does that. They drop a whole season and then wait a year. So... Two months before release, I have to binge an entire like four seasons. To I mean, it up. actually just takes time to make shows that good. No, I get that, but maybe <laughs> maybe release them slowly. I don't know. I don't and know. What don't the don't fix drop is. them all at fucking once. 
I think that the fix is you just maybe have to go back and watch the old episodes. I have too many other things on my plate to watch, man. <laughs> I just got Disney Plus is, or oh, whatever did it you? is. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Can it's I borrow not... your password? Yeah. Okay, good. It's bueno. I watched uh, I watched Creed 2 the other day. I love that movie. Dude, the whole Rocky series. Yeah. It's, I don't get emotional in movies. I've never, I, I just don't get choked up in movies, but the whole Rocky franchise, I get choked up in every one. I'm like, it's just, it's so good. I don't know what it is. It's just that franchise. Nothing have, else. Have I ever told you what movie I've watched more than any other movie and which has never failed to make me cry? Like big alligator tears. Marley and Me? Cool Runnings. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Although Marley and Me would be the same. I, I, it's not my favorite movie, but it, it's a tearjerker. Oh. Cool Runnings. Every time, every time that slow clap starts. Good Lord. I, I've it never. It breaks me. I've never had something emerge from my eye from a movie. No. Never once. But Rocky gets it. Rocky, Rocky makes my eyes wet. I have cried at so many movies. I'm a total bitch. I'm not a crier. Yeah, I'm a like, crier. I don't know the last time I cried. All right. We're going to wrap this up because we are. We're borderline oh, hour and a half. We're running long. We're not sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm Talk not sorry. To- Andrew, happy Thanksgiving. Do you have anything else you want to say besides happy Thanksgiving? That was all I had to say. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Happy Thanksgiving. Check us out on the Instagram. We're going to be posting again. I'm doing it. I made the decision last week. Someone beat me up. Instagram at 40 and 20. Also, if you'd like to support the show... If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Really, honestly, wonderful people like you, you right now sitting there with your wallet in your hand are the folks that give us the very small amounts of money every month that allow us to keep this thing going. Uh, Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.